Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey, Jonathan. How's it going? So this episode every year is one of our traditional discussions that we have, yes. and it's that time to do it again. That's right. One of my favorite holidays Yes, of the whole year. I love all the holidays, and, really. And but one of your family's least favorite, probably. Well, so as the kids have gotten older... I have let up a little bit and I don't force them to participate except Keith participates. I do force him. He gladly and lovingly participates. Right. It really isn't. I really don't have to force him. I ask him to sit down. It's like eight minutes. It's like eight minutes of the whole day. If you sit down to read the Declaration of Independence out loud, it takes about eight minutes. Yes. That's what we're talking about, folks. The, The Declaration of Independence reading every year from Amy Whitfield, available on SoundCloud as well, that uh, we'll link to in the show notes. Yeah, that one I, I didn't plan, but it does seem to pop up every single year. Well, that's that's so. what happens. The July 4th happens every year. Uh, also, Amy, I got to admit, the um, Capital 4th, not really star-studded participation there this year. I hate to say it, but you're right. It's not quite it's not quite as exciting this year as no. usual. I don't know what, I don't know what happened and I don't want to speak critically of the, of the people on the docket. Supply chain issues, I guess, maybe with the celebrities. I don't know. I just, I'm sure they're great. And I'm looking forward to hearing Kev Mo. His, his rendition of America, the beautiful is excellent. So I think that's going to be really good, but uh, it's, it's, you know, the lineup, I'm sure there are a lot of people's favorites. They just, I don't have a lot of connection with the folks, but it's such a tradition for me, Capital Fourth on PBS, that I will enjoy it anyway. All right. Well, we'll see. Uh, it's live again this year, and they have people on the lawn, so that's back at least. I love it. Have we discussed this? Have you been on the lawn at the mall? Well, like ever? I was just there in March, but... On the 4th of July? No, no, no. Okay. Never. It's such a great experience. Yeah, so... Yeah. Maybe our friends uh, Hannah Daniel or Chelsea Soblick can uh, go and send us pictures or something like that. Maybe so. All right. Well, hey, let's jump into it this week. We got a short episode this week. Not a whole lot of news happening. A lot of people vacationing this week. This is kind of a traditional vacation week anyway. So uh, not a whole lot of news coming out from our entities or states this week. But we got a few things to touch on. Before we get there, we do want to remind you and thank our sponsor every week here on the podcast, Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, the training you need to live your calling wherever God calls you. That's what you can expect when you complete a Master of Divinity degree at Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. With a wide array of academic options, Southwestern Seminary offers MDiv studies with concentrations in educational ministry, women's studies, international church planning, and much more. So whether you're called to student ministry, cross-cultural missions, pastoral ministry, chaplaincy, or anything in between, a Master of Divinity from Southwestern Seminary will equip you to live your calling. You can explore all the options available within the Southwestern Seminary MDiv program at swbts.edu slash mdiv. That is swbts.edu slash M-D-I-V. So we got a full release this week from Send Relief about their establishment of a fund to support survivors of sexual abuse. This is something I touched on the week that you missed the podcast, Amy, that I did the uh, the quick little brief one uh, right. while we were at the annual meeting. Just didn't have time to record, so I did a brief thing and mentioned this. But we got some more information about that this week from Send Relief. 
Yeah. So this is, uh, as you said, it's, it's $1 million seed funding for sexual abuse survivor care fund. And then Southern Baptist can contribute to it as well through sinrelief.org. So this will provide survivors of sexual abuse within the SBC, the opportunity to receive professional trauma counseling. It will also help provide trauma informed trainings for SBC pastors, churches, associations, and state conventions. This was a kind of a, a, effort among, uh, as you said, Paul Chitwood, Kevin Ezel, and Bryant Wright. And the, uh, the option for giving is now available through Send Relief's website. And so I'm excited because I can start giving to that. Yeah. So you can check that out. We'll link to that in the show notes again over at sendrelief.org the Sexual Abuse Survivor Care Fund. So That's check right. that out. And remember, this yeah. is in addition to the $3 million yes. That, to pay for the Abuse Reform Implementation Task Force. That's stuff. right. That's right. So this is separate from that, and it is something that we can give to. The $1 million is just to get it started. Yeah, and ongoing. And um, so check that out over at sinrelief.org. Down to Louisiana, Amy, a church that I used to be a member of. Got a story from them this week. Trinity Baptist Church, Lake Charles, Louisiana. Get this. They have baptized 99 people so far this year. 35 weeks in a row they've had baptism. They got 53 more awaiting baptism. That's amazing. So the pastor, Steve James, he said his goal every year is for at least 100 people to decide to follow Christ and get baptized. And since the beginning of the year, since January 2nd, they've baptized 99 people already. Yeah. So this is incredible. Yeah. And it's it's really come out of their work in the community because of the hurricanes that have hit there the last few years. They have done so much community work. And all that sin relief and uh, Southern Baptist disaster relief work that they've done through the church there, they've been kind of the hub for that. It has led to gospel conversation after gospel conversation, which has led to profession of faith after profession of faith in the area. So just an amazing testimony down there in Lake Charles. Uh, I mean, this is heavily Catholic country. Uh, if you're familiar at all with Louisiana, anything south of I-10, it's, it's all Catholic down there. And um, so, you know, this church runs about 1,400, and they baptized 100 already this year. So just amazing. That's incredible. Very exciting. And it and looks like I think the last time they had a big year of baptisms was 2012 with 197. Looking good to surpass that. Yeah, possibly. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that one and uh, see how they do. I mean, we, we've seen these moves of baptisms. We saw it at Long Hollow last year or the year before. We saw it uh, Nathan Leno's church in Texas had a big wave of baptism. So uh, the Lord doing some great things in our local Southern Baptist churches. Okay, some LifeWay research, Amy. Tis the season for this, but patriotic displays are common in July 4th church services. Yes. So I think this is something that a lot of people kind of already knew, but there are some statistics that back that up. Uh, two in five, but but two in five pastors say their congregation's love for America sometimes seems greater than their love for God. So the questions were kind of all over the place. 56% of pastors, so this is Protestant pastors. Yeah, not just Southern Baptists. That's right. So 56% say that it's important to incorporate patriotic elements into worship services the week of July 4th. Um, and then uh, there are 27% that strongly agree. So that's, you know, kind of even a, a big chunk of that are like very serious about it. 
they also talk about, there's a, a question about what changes do churches make to their worship services for July 4th? The biggest one was recognizing those with family currently serving in the armed forces. That was 59%, 58% include special music honoring America. 56% recognize living veterans. 54% recognize families who have lost loved ones in service uh, to our country. 30% include other special ceremonies. Um, and then down to kind of the smaller one, 14% with just kind of an other or 15% say services are no different than other weeks. You know, I'm actually trying to remember, we've talked about this. I don't come out of a Southern Baptist background. And so in my church growing up in the churches of Christ, it was not super common to, uh, to bring a lot of patriotic elements into things. Well, y'all didn't even bring music into it. So not instrumental music. Yeah. I want to say we did maybe sing maybe like one hymn, uh, one from the, like a, one of the songs, you know, America, the beautiful or whatever was in the hymnal. Maybe we did that every now and then, but it's just a different, just a different tradition. And so uh, not, not super common there, but I have seen it in churches that I've been in since, you know, uh, being in the SBC yeah. or at least some mentioning of it. Yeah. yeah. And, and honestly, it's a lot of it's age based too. like younger pastors, less likely. And it shows this in here too. Pastors 18 to 44, two thirds of them say they don't have patriotic additions. So only a third right. of pastors, 18 to 44, are adding the patriotic stuff this weekend. Right. And so you're getting it more from like an older generation, which is fascinating, the generational breakdown there. Now, I will say, this is just anecdotally, even the pastors I know or churches I know that don't want to bring elements into the worship service, they're still celebrating in other ways. Yeah. They're having picnics, you know, for the church or doing fireworks mm -hmm. or, um, or they're just like personally in their families that, you know, you might see a lot on social media. So it seems like this, it, it's not so much about, you know, the holiday celebration as some folks having different opinions about how it connects with the worship services. Yeah. And so, so, you know, a lot of people have different approaches. Yeah. So uh, our church, I sent you this the other day, our church has two different services. We have a traditional, you know, for lack of better terms, a traditional service and a contemporary service. And they send out the the music stuff for the week, you know, in the like the midweekly thing. The traditional service is loaded up with a lot of this. The contemporary service, nary a peep. So it's it's Not fascinating the the different breakdown and the type of service as well. I think that probably plays into it as well. So yeah, so just some different um, fascinating research from Lifeway. Different things, yeah, very fascinating. I always a uh, I always appreciate their um, timeliness. Yes, so. A uh, full breakdown of all the research available over at LifeWayResearch.com. You can find that link to the uh, the story in Baptist Press in the show notes. Amy, that's really all we got this week. Not a whole lot. Uh, some timely research, like you said, a couple of stories. But that's going to do it. And that's going to bring us to my favorite part of the week, this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. All right. We're going to go to 1961 to some aftermath of the Southern Baptist Convention annual meeting. They were Aftermath. already, yeah, it sounds like they were already working on trying to get things together for the next year because there was some complaining that there were not enough hotel rooms. Uh oh. And so they had to announce that at least 5,000 rooms would be available for Southern Baptists. Where were they in 1960? 
1960, they, no, no, no. In it was actually complaining because in 1954, so the complaints weren't from the most recent one, but in 54, they had been in St. Louis and there was not enough room. Oh, and they were going and back to so, St. Louis in 62. Yeah. And they were, they were panicked. And so they had only had, um, they, they had not, it just said there had not been enough. They said they actually did end up having enough because Baptists who didn't come fa um, failed or no, 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 they did have enough, but they didn't realize it because people who didn't come failed to cancel their reservations in time. So remember, this is when they had like a housing bureau that yeah. you got all your rooms through. You sent in your sent, dollar or whatever it was. That's right. To reserve your room. In. Yeah. So then if you couldn't come and you didn't mail in that you weren't coming, then they didn't know to cancel your room. Th this sounds like a mess, a nightmare. It's, you know, as opposed to you go in through the website and then it gets handed over to the hotel and then you're working out with the hotel. So what it said was that, um, and this is the part that I always love, they would have 5,000 rooms available for the 1961 convention. Cause I, I bet everybody was worried like, Hey, we had a bunch of trouble last time and we're not gonna, uh, we we're we don't know if St. Louis is going to work. Well, what they said was hotels would offer 3,810 rooms, another 1,000 to 1,500 rooms in motels around the metropolitan area. So I guess you're talking downtown hotels, 3,800 ish. Then you got motels all around. And then rooms in 650 homes. Now, this said it had like a caveat that said most of these homes of Baptists, which makes me wonder what like most of if these. there were just if there were just some like, I guess there were just people out of the kindness of their heart yep. that were. Jim and Susie, we got you. We got you with the Lutherans over there across that's the way. Right, that's right. Which is fine. So, I mean, you know. Oh, absolutely, it's great. You know, but maybe some it's neighbors. Like, I mean, it's just right. being a good neighbor, being a good host. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's interesting, and obviously, we know like people use Airbnb or they stay with friends when they're coming in. But this is like people would open up their homes through the housing bureau, and you would send in, and they just like place you with somebody i guess anybody so interested anyway. in opening up their home in new orleans next year please contact amy whitfield at 615 no 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 housing bureau here please yes so uh it's just very interesting and it says at the end that it was in that the the auditorium would be in walking distance of all the downtown hotels or most of them but cars and buses would be necessary to get to the auditorium from others so just an interesting little note as uh as they were already getting in gear for the next year because my my hunch is because st louis had been so tough in the years before people were probably chattering about it at the annual meeting in 61 um, I mean, in 60 at the annual meeting in 60 yeah. and, and they had to release something pretty fast in Baptist press. So they said they weren't ready to process housing applications, but they would put a notice in um, in the state papers that people could send in reservation requests soon. So very interesting, already gearing up for the next year's annual meeting, uh, kind of like we do a, a lot of times, but. Uh, nothing is live yet. It will be soon. Um, but they were already talking about it just like us in 1960 this week in SBC history. Yeah, they had 10,900 in 1954 in St. Louis. And in 61, they had 11,140. So well, it's important to have those more. rooms. So yeah, so they, they needed rooms. all those rooms. Yeah. Because they had just as many people, just a hair more than the, the previous time they were there. There you go. All right. Well, interesting. All right. 
Well, that's going to bring us to our resources of the week. Amy, your resource of the week is? So mine is kind of a book. It's a mini book, whatever. It's uh, David McCullough, great American historian. It's 1776. That's right. He did the 2003 Jefferson Lecture. So it's it's called the Jefferson Lecture in the Humanities. George or Thomas? I believe it's Thomas. Okay. Yeah, not George. Thank you. And Jefferson Lectures are great. Like Wendell Berry's, my favorite Wendell Berry essay is his Jefferson Lecture. So these are just kind of incredible works. So David McCullough did, um, did one called The Course of Human Events. And he really talks about... Um, the critical, the crucial importance of writing in history's enduring impact and influence. And he talks about the significance of history. Uh, but I love, I love to read this or listen to it around this time of year. Um, because it just, you know, kind of brings American history alive. And it talks some about the, about the writing of the founding fathers and, and things like that. Uh, so it's, it's a really short piece and you can get it on Kindle. You can actually, um, I think you can order it other ways, but you can get it on Kindle on Amazon, uh, for a dollar 99, or you can listen to it on audible. It's only 37 minutes, I think. Oh, so wow. I have it, I have it both. I mean, it's read it, it's his Jefferson lecture, you know, so it's really excellent. So I just want to recommend that with all the other festivities that could be a bonus issue for keith to this this weekend yes maybe we'll listen to it in the car when we're headed somewhere you're not taking the rv out not this weekend no okay. we're staying staying home all right so so my resource of the week is the baptist press youtube page we've gotten some stuff up on that and we're getting more and more and we have the entire 2022 sbc annual meeting that is available to watch. It's segmented out, so you can go and watch whatever you want to watch. So you want to go check out the, the Sexual Abuse Task Force report and recommendations. You can go jump straight to that. If you want to go watch Juan Sanchez's uh, convention sermon, highly recommend. You can go straight to that. If you want to go watch Amy give her nomination speech, you can go and watch that too. So that is uh, available. I should make that the highlighted uh, video on there, or would that be a little too much? Um, I think that's a little too much. Okay. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll pass on that for now and then. Yeah. All right. But it's all available there over at the Baptist Press YouTube page. So YouTube.com, just search for Baptist Press. Check it out. we got playlists, and we're adding years uh, going back and coming forward from 2012. So uh, 13 is close to being up on there. Uh, 19, I think, is close. Uh, there was no thing in 20. 21 is already up. So you've got a few, and we're we're adding 12 and 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. They should all be up this coming week. So uh, should have all that done by, I think, the end of next week. We'll have everything up and online. So we've had the files. We've just been able to, haven't been able to get to it. And now, uh, now that things are a little slow, we have some time, and we have some people that have uh, the ability to get to it. So, And uh, looking forward to that. So go over, hit the YouTube page, subscribe, um, and uh, check it out. Yeah. And when, you know, looking at it, the easiest way to kind of see it organized is if you do playlists. Yes. We've organized everything from playlists. Yeah. 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 Because that's where you can go to like SBC 19 and then it starts with the first one, but then there on the side, it's got them, you know, listed in order. So that's the easiest way. I love it. How you broke it out into segments. Yes. It's a great resource. Yes. All right. Um, and you know what's coming this week that I'll upload whenever I get to number 14 or SBC 14. Sorry. Uh, what's that? Penny loafers. If you know, you know. If you know, you know. So I should make that the featured video on the page. All right. We should ask our listeners 
if you're thinking from the last 10 years of SBC annual meetings, what do you think should be the featured video on the page? That's a good one. If we were going back to 2006, we all know what it would be. Yes, it would be Bill Dobson's speech. Yes, the Wiley Drake nomination speech from 2006, which I talked to Taffy this week. She's got a lot of that digitized and in files. I just got to get the files from her and get them online. So we're working on that. Okay. So well, then that should that be, should be it. the feature. But, but until one. then, what what should right. I, yeah? That, so listeners, tell us what should the featured video be on the Baptist Press YouTube page? Yep, I'd so. be curious to see what people think, what their memories are. Yep. So so all right. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, we've got a special episode coming Monday. We're going to drop it on July fourth because why not? Uh, you know, we've got nothing else to do on July fourth. We're just going to be sitting around watching fireworks and stuff. But Uh, We have a great interview we did this week with the one and only president of the SBC, Bart Barber. Very exciting. So, yeah, keep an an ear out for that. And I guess my reading of the Declaration of Independence that I did about 10 years ago, something like that. So, And I think this is like the 10-year anniversary of that. So, And we we did ask Bart all the hard-hitting, pressing questions like, are you going to keep doing the videos out with the cows? And he said yes. So Yes. And also there's a question. Um, there was a tweet that Bob Smetana did Brilliant the other day, tweet, by the way, he said he had, he dreamed that Bart Barber put Sunday school teachers at the microphones to remind everyone to be nice. It was a hilarious tweet. And, uh, so we asked him about that too. And he said, think about that idea needed tweet as well. Yeah. But yeah. we uh, we asked him we asked him about that uh, as well. And hey, that get that reminds me, I'm going to throw a bonus a bonus resource in there okay. that you'll put in the show notes. There was a great uh, little column by Lonnie Wilkie about the importance of kindness at the SBC annual meeting and the Baptist and Reflector. So throw that in the show notes because I think it's I think it's great encouragement and uh, especially already not too early to start thinking about it going into next year. Absolutely. So not as much worried about hotel rooms as we are with kindness from messengers next year that's in right. New Orleans. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the show this week. Amy, see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>